Welcome to the Heart of Sheridan Road. Your host for this episode is Anne-Marie Turpak, Director of Institutional Advancement. This is Anne-Marie Turpak, Director of Institutional Advancement, and it is my pleasure to welcome Sister Suzanne Cook to today's episode of the Heart of Sheridan Road. Sister Suzanne is the head of the Conference of Sacred Heart Education and is visiting Chicago today from Washington, D.C. Welcome, Sister Suzanne. Thank you very much. I'm excited. (laughs) So to begin, can you share with our audience what the Conference of Sacred Heart Education is? The conference is a group of Sacred Heart educators and trustees who are working on behalf of the provincial team, the leaders of the United States, Canada province, working on the behalf of the team in the area of Sacred Heart Education. It serves as a think tank on mission, and it focuses on three areas that are essential to mission, governance for mission, education to mission, and accountability. As head of the conference, I work directly for the provincial, and it's my responsibility to ensure that the leaders, trustees, chairs, heads, and senior leadership teams or administrators of our 24 schools have an understanding both of the history as well as the philosophy of Sacred Heart Education, that we're attentive to the governance structures, and that we clarify in a very future-oriented way how we can hold each other mutually accountable for the future of this mission of Sacred Heart Education. St. Mill and Sophie Barra founded Sacred Heart Education over 200 years ago in France. Today, Sacred Heart Education exists in 41 countries, and there are 24 schools in the United States and Canada serving pre-K through 12th grade students. Why is this education thriving? I think parents have always wanted to secure for their children and young adolescents the strongest foundation they can for future. And as we have experienced the ongoing and rather dramatic speed with which change occurs, it becomes more and more important to ensure that foundation is rooted in values, specifically faith, and values that are going to serve children when they're in their 90s. Our schools are rooted in a vision of education that ensures this balance between developing the mind and developing the heart so that our graduates, whether it's from eighth grade into high school or from 12th grade into university, are the kind of young people who have an understanding of how to align what they do or their will with what they think, feel, and believe. So heart, mind, and will being aligned. And I think parents want that for their children. I think we should note that you are a graduate of Sacred Heart Schools. And how has that affected you in your life? Your choice of vocation, clearly? My parents wanted my brothers and sisters and me to receive a Catholic independent education that would root us as critical thinkers who are believers. Because they believed that given the gifts we had, both intellectual and and emotional security, because we were greatly loved. And uh, they believed that giving back to the community at large was a responsibility that we had. And so they were, as our parents, wanting to prepare us to live a life rooted in our faith with an understanding 
of our responsibility to a larger community. So they specifically chose Benedictine, Sacred Heart, and Marymount schools for our education. And why? They wanted us to have our own relationship with God, with Christ, and they wanted that relationship to be informed by our thinking. In other words, they really wanted us to understand why we believed what we believed and not just assume a kind of, well, they know it because they are cradle Catholics. They, they were not interested in that. <laughs> they wanted us to be effective Catholics by making sure that we were in schools that were nurturing, yes, our personal relationship with Christ, but also our mind and our heart to a kind of sensitivity to mystery and to the common humanity of people so that we would give back. So Sacred Heart Schools provide a Catholic education to children from all faiths. Can you speak to the importance for any person, regardless of their beliefs, the importance of encountering mystery and having a relationship with mystery, or Christ as you just used? It's interesting to me that you ask that question because currently there's so much fascinating research on how to develop resilient children, effective young adults, etc. But Lisa Miller, who's written The Spiritual Child, has pointed out to us after 12 years of extensive research that all of us are born, to quote her, hardwired for spirituality. I think an education that exposes children to mystery and to beauty, that awakens in them the sensitivity to the significance of truth and meaning, is an education that will well prepare them to live as effective adults because it's awakening them to this innate spirituality with which we are all born. The fact that schools of the Sacred Heart here at Sheridan Road are committed to educating children of all faith as a Catholic school is no surprise to me because Catholic education at its finest is about nurturing, especially in children, nurturing this sensitive, spontaneous conviction that there's something wonderful about life, there's something amazing, and that this meaning is somehow connected to what we would say God, some would say Christ, some would say the Holy Spirit, others would say Creator, but something beyond us. And that by nurturing that spirituality and the way the schools here go about preparing the children for First Communion, for First Reconciliation, and later for Confirmation, affirm this 200-year commitment to ensuring that children of all faith develop a relationship with the Creator so that they can live their lives as faith-filled adults. The goals and criteria of Sacred Heart education undergird the experience of every Sacred Heart community member, from students to faculty and staff to parents and alumni. These tenets were created in the 1970s as fewer women were entering the Religious of the Sacred Heart and therefore leading the schools. Can you discuss how collaboration between the Religious of the Sacred Heart and lay people has evolved since then? You know, the 70s were very exciting times. I was a girl at Sacred Heart. I graduated from high school in 72. And I think in the excitement of Vatican II, which called all baptized Christians to a responsibility to communicate their faith, their experience of Christ with young people, with all people who would come across their path. What the religious of the Sacred Heart understood intuitively and then very actively 
is that sharing this mission of Sacred Heart Education was the surest way to ensure not, its, not simply its viability for the future, but its vitality. Because it's in the collaboration with lay people, single people, married people, people who are committed to education. This collaboration with them and with vowed religious, that children benefit from extraordinary communities of adults who see as their priority addressing the needs of children, be they three, be they two, be they six, 10, 18, at a time of their lives when they're developing their identities, when they're discovering values and claiming those values as their own, when they're developing essential skills such as critical thinking and problem solving, so that by working together, we're bringing about the future of our church and our world in a very effective way. Building on that, can you explain the significance of the goals and criteria to a Sacred Heart education? That's a great question. And there's so many ways of approaching an answer. Essentially, the goals and criteria capture the insights of Madeline Sophie to education. They capture her charism or her spirit. They capture her vision of what she imagined children and young people needed if they were going to be well prepared to be effective adults. They articulate a shared vision that we have in common with 24 learning communities in the United States and Canada. And in embracing them, what we're really saying, these are the principles that define our intention as educators, as Catholic educators, as Sacred Heart educators. I think the goals and criteria are significant because they demonstrate to parents what it is we are offering to them and our partnership with them. After all, a parent is seeking a learning community who will accompany the parent in raising the most important person in their life, their child. So it signals to them, here are our priorities as educators. The goals and criteria signal as well. What are the principles we're going to share as adults enter the community, either as teachers or staff members or administrators? I think for the sake of the future of these independent schools that are Sacred Heart, the goals and criteria help boards of trustees understand the essence of what it means to be the steward of the mission of Sacred Heart Education. And the fact that all of the members of the Sacred Heart community, faculty, staff, administrators, students, parents, trustees, and alum, all have this common understanding, builds community on every level. The magic of a Sacred Heart school is its atmosphere. And when you walk into a Sacred Heart school, you feel at home, you feel welcomed. And that isn't an accident. That is the fruit of this shared vision of education that's been carefully nurtured, always focused on the future, always by people who were wanting to be sure we were doing our very best given what we now know about how children learn, but always the timeless principles and values that are captured in the goals and criteria. You are a graduate of a Sacred Heart School and during your time as an RSCJ have headed two Sacred Heart Schools. Forest Ridge in Washington State, and Carrollton in Miami, Florida. I suspect you have visited most, if not all, of the Sacred Heart schools in North America. What stands out for you about Sheridan Road? You know, that's a difficult question, 
insofar as some of what I'm going to say really points to the common and shared values of Sacred Heart. But I love coming to Sheridan Road because the children are so exciting. As soon as you walk in, what you feel and hear is energy and very active learning. And you see a lot of smiles. I remember last year being here and walking, one of the most interesting projects had to do with the young people being who are getting ready for confirmation, exploring the significance of the name of the saint whom they had chosen and designing icons to capture their saints. And what really intrigued me about that was when I asked some of the boys and girls, well, tell me a little bit about your saint. The depth of their understanding of what it was about this person whom we label saint. What were the gifts? What was the charism? What was the way to holiness that this person carved out by choices daily made? Not only were the children able to describe that to me, but then they could point to their icons and show me the symbols of those attributes or attitudes of Christ's heart, which we want to nurture in the children. So that's just a classic example, I think, of life at Sheridan Road, an interdisciplinary approach to learning and a nurturing of one's thinking as well as one's self-understanding so that they leave Sheridan Road with a great sense of confidence, not arrogance, confidence in themselves as learners and in themselves as young adults about to start the new adventure of high school. But I know, having met both alumni and alumni of Sheridan Road, that they become extraordinary people who really draw from that foundation that was laid here during their childhood to be effective adults who are making wise decisions, not simply for themselves and their families, but for their communities. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us for our next podcast.